one that is joining us by live stream this morning. Uh, I think that's one of the greatest things that any church can ever have is media. I didn't understand it at first, but let me tell you something. There's a lot of people out there that can't make it to church. Amen. They're, uh, the only way they get church, my mother's one of them. She don't watch his live stream because she don't <laughs> like Facebook. <laughs> she, she just don't understand. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Mom, I love you. But uh, she watches the videos on our website, which those are available if you ever want to go back and listen to something you, uh, that you haven't heard before and you uh, look on our website, hillcountrycowboychurch.com, all our messages are on there. Amen? Amen. <coughs> Whoa, excuse me. Uh, how many of you got your Bible with you this morning? Not trying to embarrass anybody, but if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand and we'll get you one. Because it's very, very important that you be able to look in your Bible and follow along what this pastor is saying. We got too many churches with too many pastors saying things that don't line up with the Word of God. And then because the people in the pews don't have a Bible, they just believe whatever's coming out of the pulpit. And then the blind leads the blind. And guess what? They'll, be in, they'll all be in the ditch. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. For all you men... Just like Moses and Abraham, God had to repeat everything. I'm going to get to give it to you again. That's First Thessalonians chapter number five. <clears throat> Amen. You know, last week I made a statement uh, that a lot of the messages that I have preached uh, in my time in the ministry, especially the, over the past six years at this body, at this church, uh, most of those messages have been on our mindset. Uh, better yet, the way we think about things. And as I said last week, I don't apologize for preaching the same thing over and over again. You know why? Because somebody gets it every once in a while. See, I can preach it all day long, but if you don't get the revelation of it, it's not going to do you any good. Amen. So I don't apologize, and I don't believe the Lord will ever allow me to quit teaching about it, quit teaching about the mind, simply because of its, important, uh, of its importance to our everyday living. Amen. You know, years ago, as I began to understand that my thinking was really what was setting the course of my life, uh, my understanding wasn't just because I heard the message. It was like a light switch went on. And something on the inside of me says, whoa, that's why your life looks like it does. Because you got stinking thinking. I'm getting ahead of myself. But Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I got a hold of that years ago that if I changed the way I thought, then I could change the way I lived. Amen. When I began to see the connection between my thinking and the words that I was speaking. And I began to connect those two things to where I was in life and where I could go. It literally changed the course of my life. And when you begin, my brothers and sisters, to understand the way you think and the things you say 
is what sets the course of your life, you'll start paying more attention to the things you think and the things you say. Can I get an amen? Regardless of what it is. I said regardless of what it is, your way of thinking and the things you say in your life sets the course of your life. And it really does. And the sooner you get a hold of that revelation, the better off your life is going to be. Amen. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we need to quit blaming everything else in our lives for the, for the hell we have to live through. Because it ain't everything else's fault. Thank you, Miss Susan. Praise God. Listen, nobody makes a decision <clears throat> without thinking about it first. Our thinking is always in front of everything we say and everything we do. And when that revelation was presented or presented itself to me, not the first time, I have to be honest, that it was presented, but I finally got a hold of it. I finally saw it. And I said, John, get a hold of that message, man. You're your biggest problem. The way you think, the things you say, that's your biggest problem, son. You need to watch what you're saying, watch what you're thinking. I realized that my life looked like just like what I thought. Of course, at the time, that there was times in my life when I blamed everything on her. If she would be different, then my life would be different. I blamed everything on my job. If my job was different, then I would be different. I blamed everything on the church. If the church was different, I would be different. I eventually had to look in the mirror and said, if, if you'll change, your life will change. Amen. See, I could see how my thinking was connected to the decisions I had been making. And I wouldn't be less than honest if I didn't say that many of those decisions I made were wrong decisions. Has anybody made a wrong decision in your life before? See, I don't know about you, but when I make wrong decisions, I always go to my heavenly father now and I ask him, Father God, show me the right way. Show me the way I should be thinking. Show me the way I should be talking. Amen. So God opened up the scriptures and showed me. And he showed me that the soul, everybody say soul. The soul of a person is what's connected to their thinking. That the soul of a person is what's connected to their will. That's the soul of the person that's connected to their feelings and their emotions. Amen. When I first heard soul and spirit, I thought they were one and the same, but they're not. When I got born again, my spirit got changed, but my soul didn't get touched. Amen. I think there's a scripture. I'm not, the Holy Spirit's giving it to me. He may even give me the address, but I don't know it offhand. It says, receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. Your soul don't get saved when you get saved. Amen. And God showed me that. Hallelujah. I began, if I would just, I, I began to realize if I would just work on that one area, my soulish area, then it seemed to me that my life would begin to miraculously change. But how many of you know it didn't? It didn't. 
And here's why. God was giving me the knowledge I needed through his word. I've always loved to read the word of God. <clears throat> but I wasn't thinking in line with the knowledge that he was giving me. I'm going to say that again. God was giving me the knowledge, but I wasn't thinking in line with the knowledge he was giving me. Amen. In other words, even though God's word said that faith is the victory that overcomes this world, in the beginning, I wasn't thinking I had overcoming faith. Even though his word said I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the beginning, I didn't think that way. I read the scriptures that said I have the mind of Christ. But many times my mind didn't think Christ-like things. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. I read the scripture that I said uh, that I, I was more than a conqueror. I'd hear preachers tell me, you're more than a conqueror. But because I didn't think that way in the beginning, instead of being the conqueror, many times I was the conquered. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. I can see, I can tell anyone who may be dealing with issues in their lives, what the word of God says and what they need to be doing to fix their issue. But until they take the word of God and they make it their way of thinking, not just on Sundays, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but making the word of God the way they think 24-7. Amen. Until they do that, their, their issues are never going to change. They'll always be in front of them. You see... It's not the knowledge that you get from the Word of God that changes things in your life. It's you taking that knowledge and applying it to your thinking process. Not just once, not just twice, but you apply it consistently and ongoingly. When you do that and you apply it every day of your life, that is what's going to cause the issues to change. Amen. You can hear the same messages, and many of you are. You can hear them over and over and over and over again, year after year after year, but still never change the way you think. How many of you know that? Hearing the message don't make you change the way you think. How many of you have ever walked out of, you don't have to raise your hand, I don't know if I'm trying to embarrass anybody, but how many of you have heard a great message in this church and then walked right out that door and, and turned right back into the same person that you were before you walked in? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, brother. Got one, one person, he says, that was me, pastor. Well, brother, that was me too. Amen. That was me too. 1997, I got tired of being that same old person. Praise God. I got tired of making excuses and blaming everything in my life for all my woes. I come to the reality <clears throat> that I was my worst enemy. And the devil used that. See, the devil can't do anything to me that I didn't allow him to do. 
See, back way back in the garden, God gave me and you and every other born again Christian dominion and authority to keep the devil under our feet. And the only time he comes out, <clears throat> listen, if you don't think the devil's real, you need to get your head out of the sand because he is real. He don't have a pointed tail. He don't walk around with a pitchfork, but he is real. And until you get a revelation of him being a real entity, a, a, he was actually an angel that was kicked out of heaven. But he's real. And until you get that revelation and you realize that he's going to use your thought patterns and what you think about things to change your life. And he did mine for many, many years. And it don't matter if you're a Christian or not. He's still working on your mind. Amen. It's up to you to put him where he belongs. It's up to me to put him where he belongs. Jesus says he's under my feet. That's where he needs to stay. I've heard Christians say, yeah, pastor, the devil's under my feet. Well, he did slip out there for a while. I say, why'd you let him? Well, you know, this happened and that happened. This guy said something to me or that person did something to me. My job didn't do what I wanted them to. They didn't give me a raise. This is happening in the world. They start giving you all these excuses why they let the devil out from under their feet. That's going to sink in in a minute. Why they let the devil out from underneath their feet. I'm telling you, the devil's under my feet. Where's the devil in your life? Thank you, sister. Where's the devil in your life? Everybody say, under my feet. Don't be afraid to say it. He's defeated. Amen. You're more than a conqueror. Act like it. Don't expect your husband to do it for you. Don't expect your wife to do it for you. You do it. She don't expect me. I do battle demons on her behalf. Amen. Let me tell you something. Every time she leaves the house, I command the demons to stay away from that suburban. And I'm going to be honest with you. The one time I didn't do that... The devil almost took her out. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to drop the ball again. Me and I said, I'm not going to drop the ball again. Hallelujah. Well, that was all Holy Ghost. So I got to find out where I'm at. Oh, yeah. You can hear the what? The same message for years and never do anything about it. Never change the way you think. Never change the way you talk. And if you don't change the way you think about, your, about things and you don't change what you're saying, then you're going to find yourself just coexisting with your issues. And brothers and sisters, when you coexist with your issues, let me share something with you from experience. They never, ever go away. You just coexist, coexisting with them. When are you going to quit coexisting with them? When are you going to do what you're supposed to be doing? Amen? And listen, if you're cutting me off today, come on back next Sunday. We're going to preach the same thing. Hallelujah. If you don't do something about your thinking and you don't do something about your saying, your issues will never go away. I've seen people struggle with addictions. 
I've seen people uh, struggle with anger. I've seen them struggle with anxiety or depression. I've seen them just struggle with all sorts of things, and it's simply because their mind has not been renewed to think like God thinks. It's because their mind hasn't been renewed to the Word of God. Amen. <clears throat> when I had all my questions, most of you in here know it, but there's a couple of you don't. In 1997, when I had my road to Damascus experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I started whining and begging him to tell me why he didn't do things in my life, he said he let me talk. He wasn't disrespectful. The Holy Ghost never is disrespectful. He let me say all I wanted to, and then he said, you done? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, everything that you just told me is your fault. What? He said, my word never changes. My goodness never changes. My grace never changes. My word never changes. Hmm. Amen. <clears throat> your mind has to be renewed, my brothers and sisters. The condition of your mind, listen to me, is up to you. And the condition of my mind is up to me. In other words, it's totally up to you and me whether we stay the same or we choose to change. God gives us the freedom of choice. How many of you know that? He made you a free moral agent. Aren't you glad you're not a robot? Aren't you glad you're not an AI? How many of you heard us do uh, uh, intelligences out there? I don't know why they call it intelligence. It's man's stupidity that's making it. You know, AI, artificial intelligence. <laughs> Listen, God, yeah, exactly. Hey, and if you see any of those commercials on TV with the AI, Here's what I want you to notice. Their hands are always folded. They're always looking straight there, but look at their eyes. They have no whites. Their eyes are black, just like a shark's eyes. They're black. Amen. Just saying. I don't know why I was saying, I just did. <laughs> Hallelujah. God gave us the freedom. So we can choose to keep our stinking thinking if we want to. And he'll let us. How I many of you know what stinking thinking is? It's thinking contrary to what God says. It's all those thoughts that you think are right. But if they don't line up with God's word, they're not right. They may be your thoughts. But that don't make them right. He gave us the freedom. He gave us the freedom to think like he thinks. And listen, it really is that simple. We need to change our thinking. Amen. But here's the thing. If you don't do the things it takes to renew your mind, if you don't do the things it takes to renew your mind to God's word, you will never, ever, ever think like God thinks. Amen. You got to put his word in your mind. Amen. And I know I keep saying that over and over and over again. I'm just, I'm just praying that somebody else new gets it every week. 
Amen. Because I've seen many, many, many people in here get it. They'll come up to me and say, oh my gosh, pastor, man, I've been reading this one scripture for years. And then finally, it just jumped off the page at me. I said, you got it. You got it. God gave us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us, to reveal truths to us. But we got to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. When you got born again, my brothers and sisters, and you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the work of the Holy Spirit within you caused your spirit to be made alive unto the Holy God. Amen. So through the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, your spirit became a brand new spirit. Amen. But your mind stayed the same. I said Wednesday night, a mind's a terrible thing to waste. When are you going to quit wasting yours? Just asking for a friend. In other words, you still have the same ways of thinking even after you get saved that you had before you got saved. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's why many times when a person gets born again, their addictions and their bad habits and their bad behaviors are still there. It's not that they're not saved, their spirit's saved, but their soul don't get touched. That's why you need a pastor teaching you the truths of God's word. That's why you need uh, to be reading and studying God's word for yourself so you can renew your mind to think like God thinks and you can take the authority that you have been delegated and the control that you have over all the areas of your life and you can bring them under submission to your control. Amen? Quit blaming all your woes on your surroundings. Can I get an amen to that? All right, got at least one so I don't have to go all the way back to page one. Hallelujah. See, you can renew your mind to think like God thinks and live like God wants you to live. Amen? No matter what you may be going through this morning, you can get to that place where your mind is so renewed to God's word that you're ruling over your situations instead of your situations ruling over you. Can you say amen? You need to get a hold of this truth, church. You were made in the image of the living God. And God has said in his word, in Romans 5, 17, for you scholars, that you are to rule and reign in life through one Christ Jesus. Amen? You're not to be ruled and reigned over. You're supposed to be ruling and reigning. Can I get an amen? But listen, you will never rule in this life until you rule right up here. You've got to rule this. This is where your ruler is, whether you're going to rule in life or not. And we all know this, that whatever's up here and gets here and comes out of here and gets in here. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hallelujah. Need to get a hold of that truth. I can never rule in my life 
if I continue to think like I used to think. Amen. See, what you think about your situations, what you think about yourself. I've heard so many people say, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm this. I, I called myself stupid the other day when I did something stupid. I'm not stupid. I just did a stupid thing. Amen. But I hear people say things like that because they're not ruling over their mind. I've, had, I've even, I don't know, somebody might be in here, but I've told guys in here that I've heard talk about themselves. I say, hey, don't you talk about my brother like that. Amen. We need to quit talking about ourselves like that. We need to quit talking about our spouses in a certain way that don't line up with God's word. It don't matter how foolish they're acting. Amen. We need to speak God's word over them. Mm-hmm. See, what you think in this life is the way your life is playing out. Your life looks just like you think. Amen. So my question is, what's going on between your ears? Is there uh, still a little stinking thinking going on in there? Are you willing to work on it? If you're willing to work on it, raise your hand this morning and just tell God, I'm willing to work on it. Amen. Are you willing to work on changing the way you think? Because if you're not willing to change your thinking, nothing will ever change in your life. Change the way you think, you'll change the way you live. Amen? Well, praise the Lord, that's my introduction. Are you in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 yet? Hallelujah. Normally I give a whole lot of scriptures. When I started this teaching, I got into 1 Thessalonians the Holy Spirit just gave me so much. I think I got maybe one other scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number 23. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Everybody say completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified Bible in that verse 23 says this. It says, and may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and make you holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body and a conjecture, conjecture, or conjective word, amen? Conjection, amen. Thank you, sister. Hallelujah. In other words, he separates those three. He says, your spirit and soul and body may preserve sound and complete and found what? Blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. Notice the Amplified distinctly separates us as a three-part being. God is a three-part being. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He created us in His image. He made us a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. Most people get those turned around backwards. And they say body, 
soul and spirit. They put the spirit last. But a lot of people are more encouraged, uh, more excited about getting their body in shape than they are getting their soul and their spirit in shape. Don't shout me down now. I know I'm going to start working on my body. I am working on my body, but I'm not going to put it before my spirit, man. Amen? Amen. When I got born again, as I said before, I thought the word, I thought the spirit and the soul were the same thing, but they are not. We are spirit beings. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in an earth suit called a body. Amen? So the real me is spirit being. The real you is a spirit being. <clears throat> and we both have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Are you still with me? Amen. If, you, if the person next to you is sleeping, nudge them because they need to hear all this. Amen. It says our soul also, listen to me now, does all the choosing. Your soul does all your choosing for you. We don't choose from our spirit. We should. We should let our spirit rule us. But most people are ruled by their soul. Most people are ruled by their feelings. Most people are ruled by their emotions. Amen. Am I the only one that's ever been that way? Amen. Our spirit wants to make our choices for us. But our spirit won't make choices outside of God's word. You need to get a hold of that. He won't tell you to do something that's not in the word of God. Amen. Remember, your spirit got born again, but your soul or your mind stayed the same. That's why you can act like you act and still get away with it. Everybody say, thank God for grace. Amen. But grace only covers you if you ask God for stinking thinking. He's got to forgive you. I ask him a lot. Father God, forgive me for the way I think. Yeah, my mind's trying to tell me that it's her fault. My mind's trying to tell me it's because uh, of somebody else's fault. But Father God, forgive me because it ain't nobody else's fault but my own. Hallelujah. I know a lot of this is falling to the ground like a lead balloon. But you know what? There's a few helium balloons in here too. Praise God. You got to decide which one you are. Hallelujah. So, in order for your soul or your mind to make right choices, you have to change your chooser. And that's the title of my message today. Change your chooser. You have to change your chooser so that it lines up with the Word of God. Amen? Did you get that or do I need to say it again? I'll just go ahead and say it again. You need to change your chooser so it lines up with God's Word. If your chooser ain't lined up with the Word, your chooser's wrong. Amen? In other words, we need to watch what we think about. Because our mind is the chooser. The mind, listen to me now, the mind chooses whether you sin or you don't sin. 
Your mind chooses whether you get offended or you don't get offended. Your mind chooses whether you get mad or you don't get mad. Your mind chooses uh, to give that person a piece of your mind or hold your peace. How many of you have ever fell short like me and gave a person a piece of your mind? We'll have an altar call for liars in just a minute. We all have. We've all said things we've regretted. Amen? I'm trying to teach us where we don't do it all the time. That we start changing our chooser. That we choose to say godly things. No matter what Miss Brenda does to me, I choose to forgive her. What, no matter what my daughter and my son-in-law choose to do to me, I forgive them. I love them. I love them like Christ loved me. Amen? I just happen to use them because I'm just looking up and seeing them. I'll use old Thomas over there. No matter what Thomas does to me, I choose to forgive him. We got to choose to forgive. Hallelujah. Our chooser needs to line up with God's word. Amen? Hallelujah. See, you choose how you act or how you react. And it's all connected to your soulish area. It's all connected to your feelings. It's all connected to your emotions and the way you think. And see, this is the one area of your life where old Satan is going to keep attacking you because you keep falling prey. You keep getting offended for certain things that are said to you. You keep getting offended. So he's going to keep coming by your house and, and stepping up on your porch and ringing the doorbell and seeing if you'll answer so he can just rub the hair down in your face and say, ah, I got you again. Hallelujah. This is a tough message, guys, but it's a true message. You choose how you act or react. And this is one area you need to work on because the devil was always going to be here until Jesus puts him into hell one final time. He's always going to be here. He's not going to quit. He's not going to quit attacking you just because you're pretty. Amen. I'm pretty in God's eyes. He's been attacking me for years. Matter of fact, the more you do for God, the more he'll attack. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Because we got God on our side. I'm more than a conqueror. I got the greater one living on the inside of me. But I still have to make right decisions. Amen. See, if the devil can influence your mindset and keep you from renewing your mind to God's word, he knows you can be led around. I was going to say by your nose. <laughs> but he knows you can be led around by your mind. He knows you can be led around by your feelings. And he knows you can be led around by your emotions. And that's why all he's going to do is he's going to work on them things to keep you in those things all the days of your life. He never wants you to get out. He never wants you to be victorious. And sadly, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of good Christian people are right here, what I'm describing to you this morning. Don't make them bad people, but they're trapped in their mental arena because many times they don't hear teachings like you're hearing this morning. They don't hear the truth. 
They just hear another good message. They hear a message about how much God loves them. You want to know how much God loves you? He stretched out on a cross for you. He loves you that much. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You're part of that world, so He loves you, okay? Now let's grow up. Let's put our big boy britches on. He said, I left you authority. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give unto you authority to trample on scorpions and snakes. That don't mean literal scorpions and snakes. It means over the power of the devil. He gave us authority. When are we going to use it? Don't shout me down now. Praise God. Don't shout the Holy Ghost down because that's not in my notes. Hallelujah. You have to base what you think on the Word of God. Amen? Amen. In other words, if you're going to come to me and you're going to say, yeah, I know that, Pastor. I know the Word is true. But I just don't think that way. Well, you need to change your thinking. Because your thinking's thinking. You got stinking thinking. Same thing goes for me. I can go to Miss Brennan and say, well, you know, uh, you know, the, some of the decisions I'm making, baby, ain't lining up with God's word. You know what she's going to say? Get in line. Get in line. Practice what you preach, man. She's told me that before. Hey, practice what you preach. I need to be changing my thinking. And it don't matter what my feelings say. Are you hearing me? It don't matter what my feelings say. It don't matter what my emotions say. What does the Word of God say? Listen, if I'm on your porch right now, you need to change. I'm preaching up on your, on your street. I've stopped in front of your house and you've got the light off, the drapes closed, but you can still hear me. If I'm preaching on your porch and on your, in front of your house, you need to change. Amen. And listen, you can either get mad at me or you can choose to change. But whichever one you choose this morning, let me share something with you. At the end of the day, my answer is always going to be the same. God's word is true. And if your thinking don't line up with his word, your thinking is a lie. Amen. And your thinking needs to change. Last week we talked about 17 works of the flesh that are evident in the church. That's Galatians 5, 19 through 21. We're not talking about sinners. We're talking about things that are in the church. They were in the early church and they're in today's church. And you know why? Because of stinking thinking. Most churches don't even teach on renewing the mind. And the ones that do teach it, the congregation ain't practicing it. And when you don't teach the truth of the Word of God, you don't teach people how to renew their mind, and then when you do, they don't do it, you know what happens? Exactly what's happening in the church today. Where boys think they're girls, and girls think they're boys. 
where the congregation thinks it's okay for a homosexual to be behind the pulpit. And they said, well, God made a mistake when he made me. God don't make mistakes. God don't make abominations. And let me share something with you. Anybody who's maybe living under that lifestyle, I still love you, but there will not be an abomination in heaven. Amen. I don't know why I got off on that. I taught, I, I preached the whole message on it last week, but I just did. And I'll not take it back. Most churches don't even teach about renewing the mind. And then the ones that do, the church ain't practicing it. I mean, you know, we're going to be a church that practices. Amen? We're going to be a church that does the word, not just hears the word. Listen, I would have stayed the same carnal Christian way back in 1997 if I would have just cast off this uh, teaching as just another teaching. That it's just another good message. And then I would just walk out and did not do nothing about it. But I didn't do that. I chose. I said I chose to start reading the Bible. I chose to start studying the Word of God. I don't mean just reading it like another fine novel or a history book. I'm talking about pressing in and digging deep into God's Word. I'm talking about getting a good study Bible. I'm talking about getting a strong concordance or, which tells you all the Greek and Hebrew words. I'm talking about reading the scriptures over and over and over again. I'm talking about feeding on God's word and meditating on it day and night until it becomes a part of you. There is no halfway in God, guys. Brenda touched on it this morning. You got to make a decision this morning or in your life to go all in for God because he went all in for you. There are no halfway Christians that live in victory. You can be a halfway Christian and still get into heaven. All you got to do is have faith enough to believe God, Jesus Christ died for you, and you're there. And you can live the rest of your life on this planet uh, up one day and down the next, up one day and down the next, in your feelings one day and the word of God the next. It's up to you. You choose. Amen. Brother says you have to contend for a renewed mind. You have to contend for it. I had to contend for a renewed mind. Not blame it on her because she didn't want to go with me at first. Amen. I had to do it for me. It was all about me. I got tired of living the way I was living. You got to get to that place in your life where you just say, uh, you know, that preacher man's right. And if I want to change the way I'm living this life, I'm going to have to change the way I handle life's challenges. And then I'm going to have to change my thinking to line up with the Word of God because God's Word is always right. But you know what the devil wants you to do? He's going to want you to side with your feelings. And you know the, what he does to make you side with your feelings? He makes the voice of your feelings sound just like you. So you'll believe it. Yeah, if they didn't treat me that way, I wouldn't treat them this way. 
Well, pastor, my feelings about this or that are so real. I know they are. I used to live according to my feelings. Sometimes I still slip back into my feelings. That don't make them right. I said it don't make them right. The devil is, his whole intent is to keep us in our feelings. Keep those feelings real to you. I've been there. But just because my feelings are real, don't make them right. You see, God's word is the only thing that's right. I've said that three times now. And if my feelings don't line up with the word of God, then my feelings ain't right. Can you imagine what would have happened 2,000 years ago if Jesus Christ would have been led by his feelings? If Jesus Christ would have said, Father, I've been with these people, walking with them, talking with them, living with them, serving them, giving them the best years of my life. And what have I gotten in return? They've spit on me. They pulled my beard out. They stripped me naked and humiliated me in front of my mama and in front of my whole family. Then they took me and they stripped me and they beat me. And they cursed me. Called me all types of hideous names. What if he would have did that? Where would you be? Getting awful quiet in God's house. Kind of makes your little bitty old problems look kind of minute, don't it? That's what it's meant to do. When we start being so selfish, we start thinking only about ourselves. We need to think about him and what he went through for us. That, keep, that keeps me in check, even as a pastor. Thinking about what he did for me. What if he would have said, Father God, inflict on this mean people what they've been inflicting on me. Give them the same pain that they've been given to me. Father God, do that. But he didn't do that. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them. You've been forgiven. For what? Because you don't know what you did. Don't you think you owe it to humanity to forgive them? Because a lot of people in your life don't know what they're doing either. They say wrong things. They do wrong things. Does that mean we ought to just ask God to crucify them? <clears throat> I could close right there, I'll tell you for sure. Thank God that Jesus said, forgive them. <clears throat> Amen. Thank God Jesus' mind was governed not by his feelings, but his, his life and his whole life and his words and his response to what was going on in his life was governed by his father's word and his father's purpose for his life. Most of us would have probably said something like this. Father, 
Just forgive them for their stupidity. And that's okay too. If that's all you can get out of you, you can't say, Father, forgive them for what they've done. Just say, hey, they're just acting stupid. Please forgive them. Please forgive me for thinking bad about them because they're feeling stupid or they're talking stupid. Our mind should be continuously governed by the word of God. Can you say amen to that? That's why when people come to me with their various problems and their various situations and I want to help them and they'll ask me, uh, Pastor, can you help me? This is going on in my life. You know, it's the first thing I say to them or I ask them, what does the word say? What does the word say about holding onto your hurts? What what does the word say about holding on to your bitterness? What does the word say about returning evil for evil? What does the word say about walking in forgiveness? What does the word say to you about how you ought to be acting? Not the way other people are acting, but how you are supposed to be acting. What does the word say about you walking in the love of God, no matter whether they walk in the love of God towards you or not? What does the word say? See, most Christians don't want to hear that. They want you to agree with their feelings. They want you to agree that their feelings are justified. Okay, person did you wrong, now what? That's my, that's my ministry right there. Okay, they did you wrong, now what? Now what you gonna do? I can't change them. Are you hearing me? I can't change them unless they come to me. You've come to me. Now I'm going to help you. I want to help you. What you going to do? I've had people get up and walk off because they didn't want to hear that. Well, no, I just thought you'd give them a call and maybe tell them how wrong they treated me. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of smiles right there. I hit home. I got them up on your porch, didn't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I told our guests this morning I wasn't a preacher, but I tell you what, the Holy Ghost is preaching this morning. He's trying to help somebody. Amen? If nothing else, he's trying to help me better. Me be better. Praise God. See, most Christians don't want to hear all that. They want you to agree with them. I can't help them if they don't want to be helped. What does the word tell you to do? You know what I believe? I believe we need to quit wearing all that WWJD. How many of you know what that jewelry stands for? What would Jesus do? We need to quit wearing all that jewelry that says, what would Jesus do if we, and we run across things, we're not going to do what Jesus did. Right? Does that make sense? If you're wearing that jewelry this morning, you're not acting like Jesus, you need to take it off, put it back in the jewelry box. Start acting like him, then start wearing it. You know, the only jewelry I wear, but God. That means no matter how bad I act, I can ask for forgiveness and he forgives me immediately. But God. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. I want you to please, my brothers and sisters, get a hold of what I'm trying to tell you this morning. I do not have a problem helping people. 
I love everybody, all people, no matter what gender they call themselves, no matter what they call themselves, I love them. Amen. I'm not commanded to like their lifestyle. I'm commanded to love them. But I cannot help you if you do not want to listen to your pastor and start renewing your mind. I cannot help you renew your mind. I cannot renew your mind for you. You have to do it. I cannot renew her mind. She's got to do it. She can't renew mine. Quit trying to work on the other person. Work on yourself. I believe Jesus said it something like this. Quit looking at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own. Amen. Listen to me. You. Everybody say me. You are in control of your mind. You are in control of how and what you think. In other words, what you think is your choice. You choose it. Circumstances do not control your thinking. You choose what you think about your circumstances. Do I need to say that again? Your circumstances, your situations that you're going through this morning do not control your thinking. You choose what you're going to think about those circumstances. The people in your life, whether they be on your job, you're married to them, or your, your in-laws, people do not, or people's actions do not control your thinking. You choose what you think about people's actions. Are you hearing me? Brothers and sisters, if you ever want to put an end to being led by your feelings or being led by your emotions, you're going to have to change your chooser. You're going to have to change the way you think. And the only way you'll ever change your chooser Listen to me now, it's to dump. How many of you computer whizzes know what dump the hard drive means? You just dump it. You get everything off of it. You clear it all. Is that a good word, dump it? You got to dump your old way of thinking. And you got to install a whole new brand way. Upload. Got to upload a brand new way of thinking. Can I get an Amen. How do I know this? I've been there and done that too. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if a man be in Christ or a woman be in Christ, they're a new creation. Goes on to say, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And then it says something miraculous. It says, and all things are of God. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. I'm just about done. Just stick with me a few more minutes. The only way you're ever going to change, change your chooser, change the way you think, is you got to get rid of the old and bring in the new. Amen? Am I perfected in this? Absolutely not. I'm preaching to me just like I'm preaching to you. See, it's a process. Everybody say it's a process. But here's the thing. I stick with it. 
I don't quit. I don't get mad and quit. Well, I just don't believe that, so I'm just going to go to another church. I don't want people telling me what I'm doing wrong. I'm going to let that sink in a minute. Have you got it yet? I wouldn't be telling you what you're doing wrong if you wasn't doing it wrong. Amen. Here's my theory on that. You want to hear my theory? Theory of John. You start acting right. You start being what God wants you to be. You start living holy like God wants you to live holy. You'll move from the, I want him to quit talking about everything I'm not doing into the front row where you say, amen, pastor, preach it. See, it's a different in attitude. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, I never quit. I could have quit back in 1997, but I didn't. I could have got discouraged when she said, well, I'm not going with you. I like the life I'm living. I said, I love you, but I love Jesus more. And I'm going on. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you forever, but I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna turn my back on Jesus again. And you know what? <laughs> she came with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I learned way back then and I'm still learning that if I would just change the way I choose to think, I can change the way I live my life. You change the way you choose to think, my brothers and sisters, you'll change the way you live your life. But let me make this one thing perfectly clear. It's going to take work. It's not just going to happen because you come to church on Sundays. It's not going to happen just because you come to church on Sunday and Wednesday. It's not going to happen just because you open your daily devotional and you read a devotional every morning. You're going to have to do what it takes. You're going to have to do the same thing I do, did, and it was way before I became a pastor. I was just a saint of God that got tired of living the way I was living. I got tired of putting up with the hell that I had to put up with on a daily basis. So I just said, you know something? I don't matter who else changes, I'm going to change. Amen. It takes work. See, I was willing to put in the work. Now my question to you, are you? Are you really willing to put in the work? Because when you, I'm, okay, I'm, before you raise your hand, I want to set something straight. When you raise your hand, you tell God, this congregation and the devil that you're willing to work, do the work, guess what? Guess what your enemy's going to do? <laughs> He's going to meet you right out there. He's going to say, yeah, really? <clears throat> Let me give you a little nudge, see which way you'll fall. So I'm going to ask you again, are you willing to do the work? If you're willing to do the work this morning and if you don't raise your hand, that's okay. You can raise it next time. If you're willing to do the work, just raise your hand. Hallelujah. You gotta be willing to do the work. You gotta be willing to get your Bible out on a daily basis. You gotta be willing to wake up in the morning and not think about your problems first, but you think about the Lord Jesus Christ first. You gotta give him the first time of your day, not your last time. People say, well, I like to pray when I go to bed at night, liar. As soon as you pull them covers up over your head, you're asleep. 
You can try to tell me you're praying. Don't shout me down now. Just about done. I'm going to turn the street. Okay, I'm going to get off your street and get on somebody else's street. See, I was willing to put in the work. If you're not willing to put in the work, it's simply not going to work. Amen. It will not work for you. So you have a chooser, and it's up to you what you choose. It's up to you what you think. It's up to you how you behave. It's up to you whether your feelings get hurt or not. And yes, it is so much easier to go through life blaming all of our thoughts, all of our emotions, all of our feelings, all of our behaviors on other people or on outward circumstances. But at the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, we choose what we think. Can you say amen? We choose how we feel. We choose the emotional state of our mind. We choose how we're going to behave. Nobody in this room can make me feel a certain way or do a certain thing. Nobody. And I can't make you do anything either. Amen? We have a choice. Tell your neighbor you have a choice. That was pretty weak. You want to try it again? All right, I'm going to turn back to page one. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you have a choice. Tell him if you ain't thinking right, change your chooser. In Jesus' name, let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Jake, in closing. <laughs> really, I looked up at the clock, and you know something? The Holy Ghost had so much to say, I just left out a, off a whole page. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, the regular crowd gets it at least twice a week. Men get it every other week, too. Amen? <clears throat> How many of you are excited about the changes that are coming in your life? If you're excited about the changes that are coming, raise your hand. Amen. See, when you say you're ready to do the work and you say you're ready to change, God's going to meet you right where you're at. And he's going to start changing you. He may not change me on your behalf, and he may not change you on my behalf, but he's going to change each and every one. He's going to meet us right where we're at. Amen? Amen. Well, we never want to end a service without giving everyone an opportunity to make or just to ask Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. Everybody knows my stance on this. Being a Christian does not mean you go to church. Being a Christian means you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you make Him Lord and Savior of your life. Amen? So we want to give everybody an opportunity to do that. We want to give those an opportunity that may have kind of just slid back and kind of lived living your own life for yourself. We want to give you an opportunity this morning as well to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you fall into either one of those categories with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just slip a hand up real quick. Let's just tell Jesus where you're at, okay? You got to know where you're at or you're never going to move. I raise my hand almost every Sunday to rededicate my life to him.
Amen. So let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus. And I have a revelation of what he did for me. I have a revelation of the price he paid for me. And right now, I believe that he came just for me. So right now, I ask him to come into my heart and change me from the inside out. Jesus Christ, show me in the Word what you want me to do, what you want me to think, and what you want me to say, and that's the way I'll be from this day forward. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord another clap offering. <clears throat> you got something else, Miss Brenda? You going to allow me to speak? You got the mic, baby. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm about to bust on the inside because this step of what he's talking about, doing the Word of God, renewing your mind, was revolutionary in our life. We were Christians. We did the Christian thing, but lived a defeated life. I mean, lived just like the world, but, and we got tired of it. And when he said he made the decision, are you coming with me? Because I'm going on. That's when we said, you know what, God, this isn't what you want us to do. But our life never changed until we started being doers of the word and, and, and renewing our mind. I, I was a defeated mess. I, I, I listened to the devil thinking that I wasn't saved. I mean, every Sunday he told me I wasn't saved. I didn't have none of that. None of that was in the Bible. I was up and down, up and down, up and down. I was so defeated, deflated. I couldn't have witnessed to anyone that needed salvation. And what he's talking about, it's not, it's not about being saved and going to heaven. I mean, we will assume everybody in here is saved, but it's about living a life according to the Word of God, living a life of victory, overcoming. Amen? You've got to be, you've got to show somebody Jesus or they're not going to want it. Nobody wanted what I had. Praise God. I mean, I was as defeated as they were. But I tell you what, it is being a doer of the Word, renewing your mind to the Word of God, and nobody can change it now. I am an overcomer in and through Christ Jesus. Praise God. And I'm blessed to be married to her. Hallelujah for 51 years. Hallelujah. Well, the last thing we always want to say when we close out is we serve a miracle-working God. And you, my brothers and sisters, are always next in line for your miracle. Amen? Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.